Hello and welcome to the Love Boat. Today's a vindicated episode because look at this Vikings team. Five in a row. Uh, same as the T-Wolves, the Timber Pups. We, a lot First of success in Minnesota right now. Yep, we're going to get the recreation of the KG and uh, Randy Moss photo, the iconic one where they swap jerseys. It's a good week in Minnesota. I'm feeling good. That was such a fun game. I tweeted it and I'll stand by it. Like That was the most entertaining game of the season for me. I know we beat the 49ers. I know like the Josh Dobbs coming. No, no, on pure entertainment factor, you're right. This was awesome. And the game got close in the end, which kept the stakes high all the way through. It maybe wasn't ideal, but like as as a spectator, that was great. Um, you had everything. You had uh, touchdowns thrown across their body. You had interceptions that weren't interceptions. You had Cam Bynum giving his wife, who hasn't been, who hasn't been able to see <laughs> yeah. him play a football and then turns out it wasn't a pick, and he's just like, "Well, shit, she's still got the football." So I guess that's you cool. You also had Jameis Winston. You, you had Jamo. Yeah, you had, you, had, you, had, you had you had Jabu wins, which every time he comes on the field, it's an event. So what I'm referring to is the Vikings beating the Saints, 27 to 19, felt like a lot bigger gap than a one score game, but you know, there's ebbs and flows, and you know, Dobbs obviously is the headliner. We're gonna talk about that, and then we'll you know, preview the game that's coming up on Sunday night football with the Broncos, but Dobbs for being with this team for less than two weeks before this game looks pretty sharp. Um, I think everyone's aware that he like, isn't going to be the greatest arm talent in the world, but just everything else he brings to the table and how like he, he must have this good connection with KOC because they are like in sync right now. I, it's they're both just, like high, have high football IQs is the best way to yeah. describe it. Like it feels guys. like such such a great match yeah. from that standpoint that they it, it feels like they you know you ever just meet someone and you can communicate so well with them you're on a wavelength that's the way it feels with them because obviously you know josh Dobbs started out pretty hot for the cardinals but it kind of started to fizzle out i mean he was like really feels like he found his coach i was just gonna say regardless i mean we none of us think josh dobbs is the long-term solution right i mean well let's leave it up no okay long-term none none of us on this podcast none of us on this podcast believe that he's a long-term solution here I'll say but, this. Yeah, though. wait, 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 Let me make a point. Year. Let me make a point. Then go. I was gonna say none well, of us on this podcast really think that he's a long-term solution. You're putting words in but, my mouth. Eat, Matt. Let's he's gonna be, be the honest. goat. But none of us think he's a long-term solution. But I would love to have him stay, continue here as a backup, a high-level backup. Something I think Case Keenum should have probably done with his part part in Minnesota. What's the, okay? Okay. Just because, like, you know, those guys, like, we always hear about Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion's so smart in the film room. He always breaks this down. I feel like Josh Dobbs is How many times has Josh Dobbs came in and started a game before this season? Uh, Ever? Did he ever start a game? Yeah, yeah, he did it. He did it for the Titans. He did it for the Steelers. He did it for the Titans. He did it for the. Did he he ever start for the Steelers? Yeah, he started one game. Okay. Okay, It was in the Duck Hodges era. Yes, it was the Duck Hodges era. So. Okay, small sample size. Um, you draft these guys on talent. You draft Josh Dobbs because he's a smart football IQ guy. Well, um, he, was, he's I mean, he was a third-round pick. He had talent, too. Yeah. So, And then he bounces around the league. I mean, we all know that story. And he starts for the Cardinals on, like, a trade. So, one, it's a similar situation as he was with the Vikings. Like, he didn't have all that much time to get situated with the team. And he he dragged that Cardinals team to a bunch of competitive games. A bunch they upset of upset the Cowboys. They should have beat the Giants. They got a win. 
And that team has so little talent, and they've been suffering injuries all year. Should have beat the Giants again. Everyone was saying they were tanking. People were making fun of their head coach for whatever reason. Well, he still sucks, but that's for a different reason. He kind of doesn't have the good energy, in my opinion, from watching. He also, you know, lied to Josh Dobbs' face, be like, oh, we're not trading you in the third. Yeah, maybe he didn't know. It might have been an ownership thing. But still, it's like weird vibes there. Cardinals are not a good team. Kyler Murray did come in and win the most recent game, but barely. But like an Arthur Smith masterclass. Dobbs has not had an ideal situation until like maybe next season if he stays with the Vikings. Right? There's been no continuity. What'd you say? I don't even think then because he's still if he even if he the only the only way he's like uncontestedly the starter is if he wins the Vikings a Super Bowl. There's no chance that he's coming into um, that's the only way he's we absolutely would start him next year if we lost Kirk and then drafted a quarterback. I think he no no that's like I'm saying uncontested because even then he's competing with the guy who's who we drafted. If he plays well, he, he doesn't need to win a Super Bowl. Like, I think that's kind of crazy. I think the only way he stays on this team as a starter uncontestedly, like without any like without any question of like oh Josh. Thomas. I don't know if a Super Bowl even changes that from your logic because that's the only well it changes it from a lot of like other lo- like other senses. I feel like the best case scenario is he can be like a Nick Foles type for this team. And okay, well Nick Foles okay. I and think even Nick Foles didn't start the next year. Is still Carson Wentz. My whole point when I'm saying he's like a journeyman, he's never had an ideal situation. Like he is not in peak form, and he has not had a like offensive talents around him. He has never even started games for a team he's like familiar with for an extended period of time. He's still not doing that, and he's playing well. Like there's some throws where I scratch my head. Like not that many, but I've there have been some, and he's still not even like situated with these guys yet. Like I'm not even blaming him for those. But he I mean, seems really talented. We have the same thing with Keenum exactly, where you just throw it up. And, and we don't know what would have happened with Keenum. And I think I think Dobbs is more talented I think we than know Keenum. what would have happened with Keenum. I think he would have fallen off the very next I agree. I, I was not like into keeping Keenum. I was really happy with the Kirk move at that time. Still am. Um, but It was objectively the right move, despite the results. Okay, well, that's every time I... Yeah, we can... Let's focus on Dobbs. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, but like, yeah, so... I think there's a chance that, you know, if he keeps this up, he doesn't need to throw, you know, actually, I guess he threw for 300 plus yards and got two uh, touchdowns 260 plus 44 rushing. Uh, the rushing adds up to 300. Yeah, like he doesn't need to throw to 300, 400 yards every week, especially if the running game, including him, performs. We'll have to see how Ty Chandler keeps up. Obviously, we love Ty Chandler here. We're a Ty Chandler podcast. We're stands of Ty Chandler. Um, but we haven't seen him start. Um you know, a whole game, let alone. I mean, you know, we did how, last week. Madison started. Oh, Ty Chandler. I think you're talking about Josh Dobbs there. Yeah, no, no, you're right. We haven't seen Ty Chandler start. A whole so game. we got to see if Ty Chandler can live up to it. I think just having Josh Dobbs on the field at all helps the run game immensely. It Madison even looked better marginally yeah. until he got hurt. But I mean, it's just they, the defense can't know what's going to happen once you add the threat of a running quarterback. So I think that helped the run game. And there is also a lot of plays where he's able to break out into a scrambling where Kirk would take a four or five yard yeah. loss or maybe throw the ball away. He's able to get two or three yards. I noted that uh, until the fourth quarter, we did not have a situation of third and si- of longer than third and six, which is insane. We're just able that, to. Stand that is wild in the NFL. Exactly. That's wild in football. 
Yeah, we were able to stay ahead of the chain so much that every third down was third and manageable. And you said on those plays, Dobbs is able to get like two, three yards. Dude, he's so fast around the edge that he gets like four, five, six, sometimes more. Like every time, I'm amazed how slippery he is just around that edge. That yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like the yeah. outside runs he gets. Yeah, granted, he's faster I mean, than everyone. Always going to be there, and yeah, but it just the how much. It, you're going to have to put a QB spy on him eventually and how much that opens up the field for guys like Hawkinson, mm-hmm. Jefferson. We've, we've seen Hawkinson over the middle of the field. Was a, it was a danger last yep. week. It was probably his best game as a Viking, maybe ever. I, I'd say personally it was his best game as a Viking ever. And over the middle of the field, he was just insane. He was insanely productive. And, you know, that's just the factor of you need to commit an extra man to the run. Like we had, he's our rushing touchdown leader right now. Josh Dobbs is, and you know the, the threat he gives you. You need to keep people in the middle. And how field. many of those are even designed? Because that touchdown was uh, neither, that he got today. Yeah, I was about to say it'd be it'd be none. The Ty neither Chandler one was obviously, but the Josh. No, no, Dobbs we're talking about the Josh one, Dobbs ones. Neither were designed. The Chandler. That's why one was. I specified. Yeah. So yeah. so Josh Dobbs is getting these touchdowns on his feet, and they're both like 10, 15, And you know how much you know how much pressure yards. that takes off KOC's back for orchestrating these red zone drives and plays it does it does uh you know there's we've a lot had of... problems in the red zone all year it definitely does uh you know i i was just saying that whatever whoever the next quarterback is they definitely are going to be a scrambling threat and that just also kevin o'connell's playbook is just so much more open with a quarterback who is not a net negative with his legs uh if you guys remember the last play of the last play of the game on offense is the third and two he runs a design play for Dobbs and Dobbs has the, he has the grass ahead of him. If he doesn't slip, he gets that first down and he pulls it for first. And there was another play where he, you know, had a design run, which was incredible. Yeah. There but, were some designed runs. Just Yeah. There were definitely some design runs. And, ones weren't, yeah. And that, I love that. I love that so much. Exactly. And that just opens up the field that opens up the playbook even more for a guy like Kevin O'Connell, who's proving to be, you know, despite what earlier was said about him this season, he's proving to be really an offensive genius. Carter. What was your takeaway going into halftime watching just how well orchestrated the first half of offense was for the Vikings and the defense too, for that matter? Well, my takeaway was that we can discredit anything that Preet Shaw believes ultimately about this team for something that he says in previous weeks. But no, hey, I mean, hey, to be fair, who, he did who said, predict the who Vikings. Said the only, who's the only person who said the Vikings would win this week? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying... Um, who said oh, no, Derek no. Carr is an absolute shit quarterback? Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm not arguing with week. that. I just I saw my chance to take a shot um, seeing the Vikings do well after a rant about... It was incredible, they... though. Like, the oh, first it was, half it, was... It, so, truthfully, seeing that was a thing of beauty because you don't see that in the NFL almost ever when you're missing the two main components of your offense that truthfully are the faces of the franchise. And KJ Osborne I, and a new lineman, relatively yeah, new lineman. I, I really can't think of any other time off the top of my head right now, and I'm sure there have been Enum. that you've no I mean, no that's different. That that's you still have your you still you've you're missing your two Diggs main faces. That's true. You still had Diggs and Thielen. And the yeah, fact next that next man up I, is really big right now. To, to give you my, my more so actual answer for the conclusion that I came to, I really do think I contribute a lot of it to KOC's attitude and in, in the type of man that he is. We love a golden I, retriever head coach, right, boys? <laughs> I think it really does work in situations like this because I don't think unless you're dealing with like a 2020 Patriots roster – I don't the who a team that I would consider to be one of the least talented teams ever that almost scratched 500. 
I, I, I think you'll always be in games because of how hard these players want to play for him. And that was and my whole how, theory. How relatable he is. Yeah, that was my whole theory. Why are they were able to win all those one-score games last year? Hey, even the, he, this year. He simply even this year, we've, we, we, haven't, we've, we haven't yet been in a game that wasn't a one-score game. Oh, all of our games have been one-score. Are you sure? Yes, every yes. single one. Yeah, every one. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I thought there was which one is, this year that had Which him, is so I was really, really frustrating because I was he, like, I, at halftime, I was like, oh, we're going to put these guys away. And we didn't, which annoyed me. But what's up? I do have a quick question for y'all. Um, we beat the Packers by two scores. That's what Oh, yeah, was. yeah, yeah. That was the only one. Oh, but it was like 10 Forgot points. about that one. Didn't feel like two scores. But um, well, also Kirk like died. Yeah, yeah. We can put a little asterisk there. Does it feel like five wins in a row for y'all? Yes. No, it feels like 10. It feels like that's, 10. That's what I... It, it feels like momentum-wise... It feels like a from, different team from week three, right? Like week four. Which is just And that team week about, three and week four it? was more talented, like on paper. You have Jefferson, well, you have Davenport, no, you have Kirk. Exactly. You have all these guys playing. But just, there is something to be said, and I, I mean, I wrote this in the doc. There's something to be said about player development and these guys stepping up who were, you know, not expected to step up, stepping up in major ways. Cam Bynum has become one of the better safeties in the NFL. Josh Metellus is a very important contributor on this defense. Andrew Booth is taking great snaps. Makai Blackman has, you know, been very good these last two weeks. Caleb Evans has developed into a starting level corner. Even got Ed Ingram, a guy who we've relentlessly talked about as a negative, has become a positive on the offensive line. And yep. the player development this over just the course of the season has been incredible. And, you know, that's uh, something you really need to give props to coaching staff for. And it and says something about being patient with the GM because a lot of those guys are from the 2022 draft. Yeah, the only guy who's left to develop is, I guess, Lewis Seen. And he just and, uh, doesn't have field playing time. One, because injuries suck and because he probably hasn't had time to develop or he's a bad player. Who knows? But or also, also we, have a, we have a deep position. safety room now. Yeah, we have we have a, we actually have a deep safety room. And Cameron Bynum has been playing out of his mind. We still have Harrison Smith. Metellus has a ton of pressures every week. Like they play him like a linebacker. He plays linebacker sometimes. Maybe he'll fill in for Hicks. Who knows? Well, obviously, I think Ivan Pace is going to slide over, but. We'll need a linebacker. Hey, maybe Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr's there. I mean, he's been known to lurk. So, I mean, granted, I feel like he fits better in the Brian's floor scheme right now. I, I agree, and he's probably going to create a ton of pressure. So, hopefully, I mean, that's going to be so awesome if he gets some meaningful snaps and gets some pressures. That is, I completely forgot about that in the intro. That's another piece of exciting news here at this team. And even if he doesn't play much, it's just fun to have him back around the team. That that just does things, you know, yeah. even if it's not that much of a field impact, you and know that that dude is a leader. That dude's in the locker room. How much happier does that make guys like Daniil Hunter, like just subconsciously? Like, that's his buddy. I'm dude, sure. this is probably Harrison Smith's last season. You're bringing back one of his best friends. Yeah, like that's so such great. The Minnesota Zimmer Vikings doesn't have, do that have officially saw... won like yeah. the wholesome award of the NFL. This yeah, I know. Year. Isn't that crazy how quickly like, that happens? The, especially with like all the offseason stuff with Kirk with. It really feels like since Kirko chains, people have been supporting him a good amount, and then Kirk, yeah. and then the documentary or what? At quarter, what was it called? Quarterback. Quarterback. I mean, yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah, and then if the you're commercials, Washington, that, you're just gonna have a better oh, yeah. rep going forward. Well, but the press, the press has been so positive almost universally around the Vikings. Like, there's this new appreciation, and even Josh Dobbs just like getting all the attention that he has, and then just the team just getting this much positive publicity and then i guess i i absolutely despise the word but like y'all said a golden retriever head coach it, it 
it makes y'all feel like the good guys of the NFL. It does feel that way as a Vikings fan. Yeah, I think it like started Kwesi with and, KOC and even Kwesi and KOC are doing like handshakes on the sideline yeah. where they're just like hero stepping into each well, other. Yeah. For a hug. It's incredible. I think most importantly, it's just really good energy around this front office and the players they're getting. Um, and I think it started last year. I mean, you had that play, that miracle play in Buffalo. That Jefferson that was, crazy catch. I think like, it was even before then. I think so too. Well, was was the Colts comeback? That was after that, right? That was after. I was gonna like say that even made before huge then, news. Like. Yeah, no, and I think it started earlier. Um, so like that really gave momentum, and now you have this weird, crazy set of circumstances, crazy storylines with Dobbs and everything. And hey, we were talking about earlier this season how it feels like a different team. They were still hanging with the Eagles. That was a one-score game. They they, oh, they should have the beat Chiefs. the Chargers. They should've hung with the Chiefs. the Chiefs. Uh, they had a relatively good win against the Panthers. You know, eh, no, that was an ugly win. Well, that I don't was... think that counts for much. But again, the Bears and the Panthers were both games. Those are probably the two worst games we played all season. I know. Well, that was Kirk Cousins' worst games. So, Which granted, the quarterback when the quarterback crazy. plays bad, it looks bad. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like. This kind of came out of nowhere, and I hate when people are like, oh, if you would have told me where this team is at three weeks ago, I would have never believed you. But it's kind of like what it is right now. Remember how we were clamoring? All of us were well, clamoring also, for the Also, tank. we're talking a lot about the offense. Brian Flores well, in the last yeah. five weeks has made this defense a top 10 defense in the NFL. That's why I'm metric. shocked because they did start out a little slow. The run defense looked really bad week um, three. And it still looks bad at times. Week two. Like, yeah, it's still well, like uh, what's his name? Who was the running back this week? Uh, shoot, I'm going to I'm going to be frustrated if I don't get this. Uh, Kamara. Yeah, Kamara was running like his first down. Well, Kamara like has a lot of pass game play. Yeah, well, he he didn't get a lot of receptions today, this week. But like um, he, when he was in the when he was involved in the run game on early downs, they were staying ahead of the chains. They just didn't use him as much as they probably should have. I mean, he had a pretty good average, but he only had nine carries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's never been a bell cow. I mean, Preet, he had seven receptions for 33 yards. Oh, it just felt like a lot less than... Uh, I, he was a lot of dinking and dunking. He was kind of Carr's bailout because Carr was playing so bad. Yeah, uh, again, really when, nothing Derek Carr And then did, when Winston came in, he was airing it out every play. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Jeff, really... That, that was, was fun so to fun to see, especially that pass to Olave in the end zone. I was going to say, that was also, amazing. Do that also, very fluky. Very well, still, okay. That's Jameis Winston brand. We, we can debate this, this quick. Preet had the job to prep you do the prep doc this week because I was outside walking the dog. And he says, Can we dis- disregard the Saints' second half faux comeback as some Jameis Winston voodoo? Both TDs felt kind of fluky. I get where you're coming from and kind of, but this team suffers so much against backup quarterbacks they're not prepared to face. Like, I think it's I more of say, the defense's can't, problem. You can't put all of it as a fluke, but like. The first touchdown, great pass, great catch. You're not going to do much. I think By- Byron Murphy had 0.4 yards of separation between him. And that was the one where like, Byron Murphy was just in got, really good coverage, and he just yeah. didn't reach for the ball. He kind of was lost in the air, although he was covering very well. He was. That That's probably textbook coverage. I mean, what the you do is you reach they for they scored the ball, a touchdown but... on. The second drive, they scored a touchdown. They got sacked. Daniel Hunter got called for the most bogus illegal hands to the face penalty, where his yeah, helmet got ripped off BS. and got a sack. That gave them the momentum for the whole. And that gave him momentum, and then Jameis Winston pulls a reverse Brett Favre, where he's running one way, throws the ball across his body, and this time it works out for a touchdown for some undrafted rookie we've never heard of. And you know, 
that also felt like, you know, Byron Murphy again in cover there this time lapses a bit. I understand where he's coming from. Like, you don't think anyone is going to throw that. But, you know, James Winston is a crazy man, so he does, and they score. And then the next two drives, he throws two back-to-back picks, and it's like, oh, this is the James we love and know. Like, our yeah, th- and people, I mean, you could say the interception. I'm not saying you can fully disregard it. Except you have to remember it's James Winston. It uh, happened. You can't fully disregard it, but. I think I think what to blame Preet is you have to expect in garbage time or late where your defense is starting to play a little conservatively trying to you know you can control your game through your defense too um you're gonna let up some scores I think the problem is letting off the throttle on offense I think most people agree with that so it's not some hot take but you know that's something we'd like to see adjusted and I love that KOC addressed it now we'll have to see if he pulls through with it but he did talk about it in the post game that they probably should have kept their foot on the gas, but I mean, also they just didn't have the ball for a lot of that second half. True. And you are still working with Josh Dobbs. I mean, you have and to be a Madison little bit conservative at time. Madison yeah. gets hurt. You do. He just doesn't trust Ty Chandler as much as he trusts Madison, which is kind of weird, but it's weird, but I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get, get it, it just because Ty Chandler is not this guy that runs through the middle. Exactly. You do, we do. And we'll talk about Chandler quick, I think, too, because obviously he's a fan favorite of ours. But who, what do we do in the run game now with Madison out? Is Hi, it Chandler, a little bit of Kanan Wong, uh, some Brandon Powell even. on. Just... I have to be honest. I feel like Ty Chandler and Kanae are going to be the same guy out there. Yes, but I feel like you can get more creative with Kanae snaps. With yeah, like... Carter. So here's part of the issue that I think you kind of run into. And we've seen this a lot um, recently. The The most recent NFL example, I would have to say, is kind of the departure of Ezekiel Elliott. And then, oh my gosh, number 20 on the Cowboys. Pollard. What is his name? Yeah, Tony Pollard. Um, He hasn't had as much success. And I think that's because there's certain people whose skill sets complement teams more as an RB2 instead of an RB1. And when they're thrust in the RB run role, it doesn't perform as well. Ty. Chandler, I think, is also one of those guys that he should be using be used more than he has been, you know, conception of this past week because of injuries. But Ty Chandler to me is one of those guys who is the perfect RB2. And the issue is, is I agree. I think Minnesota now has these two change of pace RB2, RB3 type of guys who are great and have the ability to become those fan favorite players when they are you in don't that have role. A true bell but cow. I th- yes, I threat that oh, I without having right that. I doubt that the Vikings offense will be creative enough to utilize that in a creative way. Like I'd love to see them both on the field. You can do a lot of fun stuff with that, especially Josh Dobbs. I think we're going to see some weird formations. I would love to. We we mentioned that last week, especially now with those injuries, I would love to see some some, use him for a little bit too. Like I would love to see some up the gut. Why not the hammer for a three one one carry a game. If it's four. the only time I want to see CJ Ham is if it's at the goal line or a third and inches situation. Exactly. We need someone that could do that. You, I, I bet you could bait Mike Tolbert to come back for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I would rather see Mike Tolbert than CJ Ham. A Mike Tolbert, Kane and Wangu, and Ty Chandler backfield I might mean, be the best backfield in the NFL. There are that some That sounds options like too. the premise of a CBS sitcom. It's <laughs> like three like people who just don't fit in at and then all. You, and then you sign Cam Newton to back up Josh Dobbs. Oh, yeah. You there just are, rebuild the 2015. You, you have maybe Mike the Rimmers smartest. Back. You have maybe the smartest quarterback with maybe you know, I'm not going to say dumbest, but he's definitely not a, not on the smartest list. No, no. Have you heard his philosophy on his podcast? Dude's a genius. <laughs> I'm always going to remember Cam for the uh, 
for the uh, it's funny to hear women talk about football. That's what I was just thinking yeah. of. Hey, we um, don't need to. I mean, there are some options. Gas 2017 was an interesting think, time. I don't think Gaskin being elevated would fix our problems. I think it does in a sense where he's more of a traditional running up the gut type back. I'm honestly a li- not just sure. a, a, a little bit. Yeah, it's again, it's again, bit. he's putting a band aid on a bullet wound. It's not going to help. You, uh, you, when I Michael said that, Carter. that changed your life last year, didn't it? It did. It did. <laughs> Carter, here's you, a little you spoiler. You said that phrase so much. Carter, here's I a little spoiler. It. I've wrote, wrote 21 important life lessons that my 21st year on earth has taught me. And don't put a band aid on a bullet wound is one of them. I'm glad that I've had that much of an impact upon I'm your life by saying a, doing that, but a podcast that. Uh, analogy about an NFL tight end. Let's, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm just remembering the context of that phrase now. Um, <laughs> the Jets did release Michael Carter again. Not a would true, love uh, that uh, pickup. I would, I would, but again, it he's feels a lot more like he's a, he's like an RB two, RB three. I think so. He's I, kind of that guy uh, too. But you're in, you're in these. <laughs> You're you're at the point with the running you're, backs you're where in you the need situation talent. that I, I wish we would have. You gotten... have a guy that you can pound. You should pound him. And can Michael I be Carter's honest? Young. I wish we would have gotten. Wait one second, one that. second, Carter, Carter, say that phrase again, please. Pound for pound. No, yeah, no, no, you, no, no. If you have the an NFL running that. back that you can pound up. No, middle, no, 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 no. Say it the exact way you said it. <laughs> oh, Carter said, if you have a guy that you can pound, you should pound him, and. I've never we agreed with the philosophy him. more in my we life, that baby. That's as good as bandage for the Look, I think the Vikings should sign Michael Carter. I think it would be great. Is, it to makes get sense because the running back room is so there. devoid of talent that you need someone. Yeah, Leonard even... Fournette signing would be wild. I would have loved Bills, that. Brother. He's on the Bills. Did now. The, yeah, but can't you just. No, he's, he's on the Bills main team. He's on the Octave. Oh, he got elevated? I think so. Okay. What about. Hey, hey, what about Adrian Peterson? What about McBride? What about McBride? Uh, pass. I mean, he's a body. You could get Le'Veon Bell. Pass. No. Pass. Uh, I'm saying Adrian Peterson. Let's bring the full good okay. vibes back. Let's by be real. With some Let's be real for two vibes. seconds on this podcast. We don't do that very for once. well, Matt. <laughs> for once, let's be real. Oh, sometimes I have to be the straight man. With okay, the okay. Michael uh, okay. Carter. Here's a here's a real here's a real suggestion. Ronald Jones. Not a bad suggestion. Ronald Jones is he a free agent? I think so. Melvin Gordon. Sure. No, no, okay. we don't need more fumbling. Let's issues. be realistic. You elevate Dwayne McBride, and he's the number two, or he's the number three. James, like Robinson. he comes in for goal line things. James Robinson, I would love. I That's think he one. has that in him to be a number one split carries with guys like Ty Chandler still. Yeah, Ronald Jones is only twenty six, by the way. Sure. I mean, Damian Harris. Yeah, pass. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just naming. I'm just naming too. running backs that are not on the team right they, now. No, he, he's on need. Damian Harris on the Bills. He's injured. Oh, not Damian Harris. Oh, who was the uh who You're was the Chiefs running deep, back brother. who uh who should have won Super Bowl MVP that year? Clyde. Oh, 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 no. Rob, Robinson. Was it Denard? No, no. Oh no, Williams. Daryl Williams. Darryl, no, Darryl? Yeah, it's Williams. It's Williams. I don't even know who you're talking about. That was so long ago. Oh, uh, I have to look Williams. at this guy's Oh my Damian, god, it Damian matter. Williams. It doesn't Damian matter. Darryl, Williams. Damian Williams. Oh, did, was it Daryl Williams was on that team too? There were two. He two was. Williams. They had two Williams. Yeah, that's right. Now it's coming. Yeah, but back Damian Williams should have gotten Super Bowl MVP. Uh, some would argue Daryl Williams should just because he he went to the University of Minnesota. I think. Um, oh my Samaj god, Pete Ryan should have gotten it in stop, 2022. Stop, stop. None of this matters. 
none of this matters. Let's bring it back. I'm just saying if, every time I say something, pre- every time I say some player's name, it sends you on a fucking spiral. What whenever both of you, both of you, me and Preach should have a a side podcast. You can where have we just a talk about podcast early two thousand NFL players. Yeah, do you see that meme? And it's well, Bobby known. Wade, Andre Allison. Preach, oh, I'm going to kick Allison. you from the Zoom room. <laughs> okay, we're done talking about running backs because apparently the we can't bring anything up. <laughs> oh, that's a good pull. That's a good pull. <laughs> Captain uh, Marlin, what was that guy? Great like grid answer. Oh, I'm sorry, gotta, Matt. Who's the who's the one. white who's the white receiver who played for the Panthers? Who's Jerry Jones's neighbor? Or not Jerry Jones, Jerry Richardson's neighbor. Is it Brenton Burson? Brenton Burson. I love yeah. that guy. That was my dad's favorite. How about player. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis? Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. All right, we've we're done. How about how about Dree, How about Madden Legend Dree Archer? Not a good pull. That's not, not that uncommon. Good. No, we're done. We're done. Pre, you ruined it. You took it one Fair step enough. too far. You took Fair it one. Enough. You took it one step too far. As I often do. All right, let's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think we're done talking about this game. Oh, we could. I mean, do we need to? Powell's earned some playing time. He's looked pretty good. That's what I was gonna say. He's the new Jarius right? He's earned at least a time. That's a, KJ. That's another. That's another TikTok slideshow player, Jarius Wright. <laughs> Jarius Wright, unstoppable on third downs. Yeah, I mean, Doc <laughs> yeah. trust Powell for whatever reason. I mean, he's his only option, basically. Dude, I trust Powell. I he's trust been Powell. looking solid. He's got some crazy connection with Dobbs right now. Like, as long as he doesn't need to block, I trust him. Him sure. and Addison might be the two worst. Well, KJ will be back. Blockers. KJ will be back on blocking downs, and he was looking good before he got hurt. Or hopefully he's back. Yeah, he, he I want to see back. Dobbs. He was cleared to play. JJ. He was cleared to play. They just thought it would be smart to. The Vikings should sign Jalen Hurd to reunite him with Joshua Dobbs, but as a running back. Yeah. Pass. That, that, I think you took it one. Can step you too close far out there. the Google Groom Chrome page for me for a second? And then you won't be searching up players me? from. Yeah, that's from my brain. That's Hold from his that. brain. That's from my brain. You don't know the legend of Jalen Hurd. We do. I just. I think that's one step too far. I think Jalen Hurd is just a more bit. so college football lore. He needs to go in else. four minutes. So. Ah uh, no, I can stay. I can say we're good. I knew we'd talk you into staying. Uh, Broncos are coming up, which what might somehow the Chris Thomas up... and Bullism are calling it. Who's calling it that? Me and me. I'm calling it the Chris Thomas and Bull. Did you? This be has been such me, an interesting episode. No, I didn't. Positive. It's a positive. positive. I did not see it. I did not see it on Twitter. Someone might have tweeted out why I did not see it on Twitter. Well, you should tweet that then, or I'll tweet it on the page. Um, let's do. Let's talk about this Broncos game really quick. They're starting to look kind of good. They beat the Bills. The Bills haven't been looking great. Diggs is frustrated. We'll touch on that maybe. Uh, yeah, they they're looking well. That's a division game. You know how we. Well, they hadn't beat the Chiefs for seventeen consecutive that's weeks true. or seventeen. Russ is cooking. Well, to be honest with I you, I don't even know if it's just Russ is cooking. Their defense no, looks pretty good. No, the it, defense has been incredible. Russ has Vance been playing Joseph well. has done something. Yeah something with those boys i completely agree but if so, you look at their two staple wins this year there's slight asterisks next to them at the moment which is unfortunate because i actually do want to believe in the broncos i i don't hate well, russ has thrown for more touchdowns than bathrooms he has in his right mouth. now you have <laughs> my favorite nfl statistic <laughs> of all time but um right now if you look at their wins they beat patrick mahomes while he was Probably a lot more sick than people realize. And how many times did yeah, Josh Allen that. turn over the ball last night? And five, then Allen four or five. And don't five even get me started cold. on James Cook fumble. James Cook fumbling. Like that was Broncos first fumbling, just got like, Ken Dorsey fired. That was one second. That was James Cook's first fumble in like seventeen weeks. 
And then Sean Sean McDermott decides to bench him for Latavius Murray's thirty five year old ass. That was so funny. Hey, the Vikings should trade for him, but um, you know, bring him back. yeah, bring him back into Only bring him back to the purple. Bring him. But no, I I really do think that the Broncos are not a bad team, and I think the Vikings are on a hot streak. But the way that I am kind of looking at this game is, I still don't think the Vikings playbook will be open enough for the Broncos defense to really make a lot of pulls and plays against them. Really? So I I think that well the I think the Vikings are still going to be running an offense that kind of caters towards Yeah, but Dobbs. they get Jefferson, I, I they think, get Jefferson back too. Yeah, yeah, so I what I'm saying is like I don't I, I probably said that in a poor way. Because the way I was made... hearing it is you think it's going to be like a condensed playbook. For, no, like, they're but not going to have the full access. I'm saying compared to something like Kirk Cousins. Oh, where oh yeah, yeah, the, for sure. Like for with sure. Josh Dobbs in, you do not have a, a full, full playbook from the same instance of throwing interceptions, which I think is where this Broncos defense may capitalize. Five you're picks getting Justin Jefferson. And that's the thing is I think you're going to be very smart and protect the ball and do simple things on offense that are hard to stop. And that's why I think the Vikings will win this game because I don't right now, I don't see a huge mark next to the Vikings offense right now. Like you can say for the, well, you know, I guess the bills was a post game, but I don't think Josh Dobbs is going to turn over the ball four times. Well, you know, that has been the biggest concern. You might get two. We've seen a couple of pickable throws from Josh Dobbs that we've gotten lucky on. It was Uh, only really That's something I'm worried about. Well, then you go back to the uh, Atlanta Falcons game. There was was no pickable throws in the Atlanta Falcons game, I don't think. Are you talking about the fumble that was kind of an interception? Well, he's had fumbles too, but that was more like miscommunication. But I I think the game plan is going to be different for this, that there's going to be a lot more implementation to protect the ball. So I think yeah. it's kind of going to be a low scoring, ugly game. Yeah, like I, was I think the say, Vikings the are going to come out like 17 to like 16 or something. Yeah, I was going like to say that. bet the under because the Broncos last four weeks, they've allowed 19, 17, 9, 22. What have the Vikings but, allowed? You know, hey, the Broncos the very have also well. Been very good defensively. Yeah. The Bron- I could complete to, to be completely honest. I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game. Like I said, I could see the Broncos coming out and just stifling this offense. Same. It is in mile high, which, you know, weird things yeah. happen in mile high stadium. But, you know, I also think the Vikings are going to win just based on the fact that good momentum's rolling in. Do you get Justin Jefferson back? We don't, we talk about Justin Jefferson as a receiver a lot. We don't talk about just how much it's going to open up for Jordan Addison, who's played like a wide Hawk, receiver. If he's healthy. Hawk, Hawk will probably play. I, I think that so, guy's too. an absolute warrior. I think he'll play through it. And just having a spot on Dobbs, I don't understand. I don't think you guys understand how much the offense will be opened up. And just having eighteen, especially, I mean, I he was looking even back need to get at, a catch, bro. He can just he uh, creates so much space. Exactly. Anyway. I was looking back at highlights of uh, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson in college with Joe Burrow, who as after the play broke down, was able to create something. This is the first time in the NFL he's gonna have a quarterback who's able to create after the play breaks down. I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited to see what he can do on the scramble drill when, you know, defenders are looking, have their eyes on the quarterback and not on him. So I, I'm going to say something like 27 to 17 is probably going to be lower scoring than that. It's probably going to be another one score game. But that, that's that's high. That is very high. I, it's probably I did not expect that after you just agreed with the 17 to 16 prediction. I was, yeah, I was going to say Ben. Anything can happen. Also, I really do think well, we're I lock at my this picks game. in on like I we, lock my picks in on like some people on this podcast. Look, my well, block, hey, hey, well hey, look, I'm, I'm all I'm going to say. I locked it. What are you talking about? What you did I do? The, you didn't, you write didn't write Oh, oh, I don't care. You you guys know. I don't type in that prep. Doc. Let's yeah, thanks. Uh let's <laughs> 
I'll go with my prediction quick. Actually, I do have one point to make. Their pass defense has been really good lately. Um, the Broncos. We're gonna need to see some run game action, and I'm expecting a really fun, good game from Ty Chandler. I think. Let's I'm also go. expecting Dobbs to run the ball. Also, one I thing I would so like to throw too. in is if Buffalo doesn't have 12 men on the field, we're looking at this game completely differently. That's well, yeah, but also James Cook averaged 9.1 yards on the ground. Latavius Murray averaged 7.6. They're like, and these guys ran 21 times. They they got like 180 yards on the ground. In in theory, you could use Ty Chandler in a very similar way to the Bills utilizing James Cook. Yes, but in also theory. it'd probably be less effective. Oh, a hundred percent. But it it less effective than nine point one yards a carry. I'll take. Fair enough. So, I am predicting the Vikings. I didn't put wow. a score. Is this our first time we've all agreed on on no, the major? No, no. This, I think this we year? All, this year. I think we this all year, picked yeah. the Forty Niners. Yeah, we all picked the Niners. Okay, I think that might have been the other one we agreed on. But I will give a score of twenty four to fourteen. No, we'll do 24, 24 to 9. They might not score a touchdown. Uh, 16, I think it's 17. possible. I think there's going to be some field goals. That's why I'm like unsure of my score prediction. I'll just do 24. Yeah, we need Greg to get back to in 10. the habit of making 24 them. to 10. We'll do that. This season That's he's 50% from 40 or more. He has not been very good. And my eye is going to be knocking him from 70, bro. You should draft Alex McPherson out of Auburn when he becomes eligible. Dude no, has not we've had enough field of Auburn yet. kickers. We have had enough of Auburn kickers. <laughs> oh, wham, wham, wham. You guys created a monster. He sucks. He sucks every time he comes into U.S. Bank Stadium. He misses all his kicks. I don't care. Like he is Daniel Carlson is pathetic at U.S. Bank Stadium and is so fun to watch. His okay, brother I mean, is also his brother is also not very good either. So it is okay. Fun. I, as an Auburn fan, I I will always support my Auburn players. My, as a kicker, my, you'll as also the always Auburn support family. And as as a former <laughs> high school kicker, I will always support them. But man, Anders Carlson did not look great his fifth year. He is the Nepo baby of the NFL. Daniel's a good kicker. Anders might be a good kicker too. No, he's shit. He gets his kicks blocked a lot. He gets he misses them. It's fun to watch for me because he's a Packer. Look, all I'm gonna say is you know hate on whoever Preet. That's part of your your identity is hate. Preet has so much hate in him for Daniel Carlson that he's willing to put it out of his way to hate his brother. Well, he's a Packer, so I already didn't like him. That's fair. And he's a uh, Carlson, so I already didn't like him. Freed also just texted me. He he has made himself an Auburn fan, but his Vikings alliances and Vikings seething hatred overruns that. You know what's even better than that? If you introduce the next segment. Because <laughs> Freed said, I got to go at, at 5 or 6.45, and it's five, 6.50 now. So. Ah, whatever. Well, we, we can chill for a little longer. I'm I'm looking out for you, bro. Let's go. Our let's next, go next segment game. is actually a new segment where we're just going to name college football players uh, and just That's let That's the Matt spinoff listen. podcast. Yeah. Ethan Kaliak Manis. <laughs> the Turnstile podcast. Oh, my gosh. Derek King. Um, oh, yes. Taj Boyd. Trevor Knight. Um. But no, in all seriousness, it's Super Gremlin, our our classic and most loved segment upon the podcast, where we talk about pretty much nothing related to anything that we just talked about. All the most of the time with how much we rant, it tends to link back. Uh, my Super Gremlin of the week is more so a game and a situation than anything else. That would be the two programs of Texas A&M and Mississippi State, who both fired their coaches for very different reasons after. Um, their meeting where Texas A&M beat them 50-something to, I believe, 10. Uh, Texas A&M 
it's very funny to me that they fired Jimbo Fisher, especially because they'd already planned on doing this uh, before the game. Win or lose, they were firing Jimbo. However, it, it's they had just received a very big donation and showed off that check at halftime of the game. And that is most likely going to be the money that is used to pay off Jimbo Fisher's, what is it, $76 million? million. $70 million. million. It's ridiculous. And then Mississippi State's really funny to me. That's a very sad situation for me. I don't believe Zach Arnett really ever got a chance. But horrible situation. But Liberty's head coach um, tweeted out something that he was focusing on, like, the game this week. Or he was excited for the game this week, but he didn't turn off his location and he tweeted it from Starkville, Mississippi, which is just really funny considering the context of the tweet, too. So the SEC coach hunt has already started. November is in full effect. Expect some crazy transfers. Maybe one day we'll do the Auburn spinoff podcast here. We but... could just call this segment Carter's like College Corner or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say most Carter's of the time, College actually... Corner is very different than this Super Gremlin, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, I, I think most of the time I talk about some sort of NFL related no, thing, you know. But man, sometimes it's fun to talk about this stuff. College football is so funny. It's your excuse to talk about it, man. It's super yeah, gremlin. no, well, yeah, like I, I mean, said, it's our excuse it's to talk about nothing gremlin, related baby. to anything. Yeah, I mean, like just just an example of how funny college football is. Chip Kelly just got fired from the UCLA job, and that's because his recruits literally robbed the Colorado players. Well, we'll we'll, we'll we'll wait for everything to settle. That'll be after they play USC. We don't know a hundred percent yet, but if the reports are accurate, which they most likely are. That's live news. That dropped just 14 minutes ago. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Matt, you want to go first or should I go first? You go ahead. All right, mine is Trayvon Diggs. And, you know, I have a deep, <laughs> you know, interesting relationship with the Diggs family. Uh, yeah, they, they, very- you're, you're their number one op, right? For sure, for sure. You know, Trayvon Diggs, Vikings fans know it very well that, you know, the moment things go bad for Stefan, you have Trayvon being the mouthpiece tweeting stuff out or posting stuff out. I remember... The offseason before the last season, Trayvon, uh, Stephon Diggs was in Minnesota. Trayvon Diggs uh, put on Instagram multiple pictures of Stephon Diggs in a Redskins jersey saying Big Bro needs to move. And then he tweeted out, definitely tweeted out cryptic stuff. And then just today, after the uh, after the game, or just yesterday after the game, he tweeted out, got to get 14 out of there. And then in the morning, he doubled down saying, let's not forget, he didn't start going off till Bro got there, speaking about Josh Allen. So... If I'm a betting man, I would put so much money. I'd put, take out a couple mortgages on this house I'm sitting in right now and say Stefan Diggs will not be a Buffalo Bill next season. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from that. I mean, that's the obvious answer, but is his contract up? No, no, but he will force his way out. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> it's just karma coming back, bro. Also, like, where does he go? Like, where can you see Stefan Diggs wanting to go if he's if it's, like, in his hands? It's just well, wanting so to fickle. go. He probably wants to go to the Chiefs so he could win. But uh, realistically, there are three teams I can think of that He's would make a, a lot sure. of sense. It would be uh, Detroit. Cowboys. Detroit. No, Detroit would be one of them. Dude, he'd probably kill the play of his brother. Uh, no, I'm talking about like what what fits. He doesn't fit with the Cowboys with CD and Brandon Cooks there. Brandon Cooks is gone after this year. No, he has his contracts. They extended him. You think they're going to keep him? How old is yeah. he? Like 32. Well, the money you can't make the money work out. What's that much time on swing? I'm saying the Lions make sense. The Cardinals make sense. And also, like, there's another team. I, oh, the Panthers make a lot of sense, too. Because, again, it's not where he wants to go. It's where the team wants to send him. Yeah, I mean, if he, they're going to send him to some terrible team he doesn't want to go to, I'm sure he'd 
would rather play for the Bills. I don't chasing think a so. ring. I, again, again, I think he's burned too many bridges in that locker room. Well, I wouldn't be surprised either way knowing him. Uh, we'll do my Super Gremlin quick and then close out. I'm going to keep it in the division because I love the circle of hate that goes on over in the North. But Roquan Smith recently came out after he was traded and said, uh, leaving the Bears, man, it makes me so happy just knowing my career is not going down the drain. I love that, bro. I mean, it's accurate. And if the players are saying that, who knows what people in the locker room are saying? They, I mean, I probably have this special agenda because, um, is it Ryan Pace? What's the new GM? Ryan Poles. Pace. Ryan is the Poles. Old one. I always say Pace because of the old one. Ryan Poles was like, there's this contention because our GM and their GM were hired at the same time. And they're like, we got the better end of the deal. He looks like a disaster and hasn't stopped looking that way. And yeah, the team he's is in real... the drain, bro. Well, he's take he's, his goal is to take the north and never give it back, and it looks like he's going to finish back to back bottom positions. It does look like that. Although they did get a win, that's pretty good for them. Got a win this week, but yeah, I love to hear it. That's a funny quote. Thank you, Roquan, for making my day a little brighter when he said that. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to add. Preet, would you like to end the show? Carter had to dip out quick, but <laughs> that was out of nowhere. Well, I was just going to say, you've just completed your voyage on the love boat. Uh, have, have a fun Sunday night football, guys. <laughs>